Hello, everybody. Welcome to Guys 5 Movies. This is one of your co-hosts, Chris Gasper. This is Frank Pelican. Tonight, you're listening to episode 162, and we are covering the top five found footage horror movies uh, to celebrate October. So, Frank, we've been pretty good about this, I think, over the last couple of years of not dipping in too many like big categories. And this is maybe, to me, at least horror-wise, one of the biggest that we've done in a while, um, just in the sense that this is a subgenre that's kind of dominated the industry um, for the past 20 years, I guess, um, for maybe good or bad. I don't know how, yeah, how you view it. Um, but I, I wanted to start off tonight, actually, by uh, asking you, um, how, how did you feel about the genre in its infancy around 99 or so? Um in those first you know five years or so how do you feel about it now and how has that like shifted over time i mean i was the pretentious fuck that was talking about like cannibal holocaust and man bites dog um when blair witch came out so right i guess superior i don't know <laughs> <laughs> um uh-huh it's weird with found footage because i think that like when it's done right it may be the most effective way to film a horror movie. And when it's done wrong, it's absolutely like nigh unwatchable. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's weird. Like it just, it really depends on the quality of the film and the idea behind it. And sometimes a movie can be really low budget or really, <clears throat> I don't know. Um, I don't know the word I'm looking for, like just sloppy kind of, but if it has a really good idea, it can still be a compelling movie. So you look at something like the last broadcast, uh, which is a movie we've talked about before. Um, that's definitely very rough in the way that it's filmed. Um, but is a really good idea has some really good performances and builds tension really well. And even though it doesn't like stick the landing necessarily, it's something where, you take something I think away from watching a movie like the last broadcast. Um, and then you switch over to something like, mm, i trying to think of a good example of like something's moderately popular. Um, take the Poughkeepsie tapes, for instance. I don't know if you ever watched that movie. I have. Yeah. Um, really well executed, I think. And just, it's too much of the same thing where it becomes almost to me tiresome to watch it after a point. Mm -hmm. Like it's really, I've, I've Mm -hmm. watched that movie three times, I think Mm. now. And I find that I get really just worn out watching it like midway through. Like I just, I don't want to watch anymore. And it's just, it feels like it's the same thing over and over. And I think part of that problem is that, I think I think the genius of a good found footage horror film is where you don't know what's going to happen until like right at the end. Like it, it keeps you in suspense or it makes you think you're watching one thing and then it turns out to be something else or mm-hmm. the characters that are filming the found footage are actively involved in being terrorized in some way mm-hmm. uh whereas when you watch stuff like poughkeepsie tapes you know 
we we've, we've talked about torture porn before and i think that some of these movies really are like firmly on that line of being torture porn in in essence and that's something like the poughkeepsie tapes is like you're basically just watching and you know i mean it's intercut with like interviews and whatever but you're basically just watching a series of <clears throat> orchestrated torture events filmed right. by the person doing you know the torture and the killing and sure. to me that's a lot less interesting than something like Blair Witch where or to keep it among killers like you would say Creep is probably the superior right movie to that so as well right Creep is one of those movies that was right on the line and I I, I wanted to put it in but I don't know I just the five movies that are on this list I want to talk about more than Creep but Creep is a really well done movie and it's one of those things where you don't know the first time you watch that movie and I don't want to spoil anything for someone that hasn't seen it so mm-hmm. I guess just go like la 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 or something for 30 seconds you don't know what the character is capable of until it happens right mm-hmm. and it's like it teases you and then it pulls back and then it like goes crazy and then it pulls back again and then it's got this lull in it and the whole time you're seeing it from the perspective of a guy who's a videographer you know he's a professional like whatever photographer and so it almost makes sense in a lot of ways that he's filming some of these things especially because the first part it's his job to do it and then the second part is him kind of trying to protect himself in some way in case something happens to him Um, and that's another part with with found footage that is really really difficult to get right is like the idea of why are these people still filming this thing when their life is absolutely in danger sure um so yeah it's one of the things is like it's a it's a tight rope that you're walking because it can become very illogical very quickly with found footage yeah which is why in its defense that's why the poughkeepsie tapes works Mm-hmm. because it is the idea that this is a serial killer that's like kind of documenting that these are his trophies are these tapes that he's documenting all the murders that he's doing um it's just some maybe it's just my old age that i become soft but um i just kind of find it to be like a little a little too much a little tiresome yeah and i still enjoy that movie and i think there's elements of that movie that are really well done and really sure. creepy yep but i also think that there's it's just too much of it I, I guess can, I concur. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So it's like you, you end up a lot of times with the, uh, with these found footage movies. I, one of the, one of the things I think the tropes that I hate the most is, um, is that idea that someone's always filming and there's like so many of them. It's like, put the fucking camera down, stop filming. Like, right. you know, and it's like, you having just rewatched cause I've rewatched or watched a new, a lot of found footage in the past couple months. Now we were going to do this and I watched paranormal activity. And I mean, the guy's already a, an asshole in that movie, but like that movie is nothing, but will you stop filming? Will you put the camera down? Right. Like st- stop filming me. Why are you such an asshole? Like it, the, the whole movie. And it just makes you dislike one of the primary characters in it even more so. And um, I think Hell House LLC does it way too much, like of people telling someone to stop filming. Like, there's so many of them that just get into this trope, and it's like, so you turn the character into an asshole, right? Because they because they won't stop filming, and it's just <clears throat> a way to write the camera into the movie, um, and it becomes tiresome and trite. So there's 
the VHS series does a good job of avoiding that yep. by being an anthology series. So it's only, only really a short period of whatever, like an occurrence or an incident that you're watching. And it kind of makes it make more sense. And it's bookended with the idea that it's people who are kind of documenting phenomena or whatever, or trying to find like whatever. And the first one is what they're breaking into the guy's house and they well, find that's the, that's, the, the, that's are, the framing device. Yeah, yeah. Always is that like the videos are found. And I, I think that's really cool because it's like, these things are being filmed. Like I, I can't remember which one it is. Maybe it's the second one. They use like a GoPro camera. Um, somebody does for like the zombie segment in vhs2 yeah, yeah. and it's like it it feels like these are real things that have been like somebody was collecting these tapes like on a black market um and right. like they just been naturally filmed and yeah. this person was collecting these paranormal kind of horror horrific events um and i i love the framing devices of the of the vhs movies i think those are really cool so another good example of a movie that didn't quite make the list and i thought about it is on um, willow creek Mm-hmm. um which is uh um here there's another asshole won't stop filming yeah but, but the thing is good. is like the idea is that this is his life's work is to document right the bigfoot and whatever the willow creek area where they're virginia or whatever it is and so even though because he never feels like they're at risk until the very end and then maybe then it kind of gets like stretched out a little bit like why aren't you like putting the camera down and trying to get away but it also is like their source of light, which is another mm-hmm. trope of the found footage mm-hmm. genre that like the light on the camera is the thing, the only way that they can see. Right. Um, and we'll talk about that a couple times tonight, but um, or in this podcast, because it might not be night where you are mm-hmm. uh, faithful listeners. Um, but so it, it makes sense in Willow Creek. Um, there's another. Uh, the Sacrament is another one. I don't know if you've ever seen the Sacrament. I it's, have. Um, I enjoyed it. Yeah, so another one where the idea is, and it's really well done because it, it feels like you're actually watching an episode of Vice. Yes. The um, the series. Uh-huh. So they set it up like that. Like, it's Vice is sending these reporters into, you know, the, the cult compound to basically get their scoop and produce an episode of Vice by using one of their um, one of their employees who has a sister that's in this cult. So it makes sense for them to keep filming because it's their job. I mean, that's what they're there for is to get the scoop. And they talk about going into like war-torn countries and, you know, they have to keep keep their camera rolling and keep documenting. Um, and again, that's another thing that comes up in one of our movies tonight that makes it make a little more sense is the fact that they're they're documenting what's happening because they feel like that's the only thing they can do to kind of help mm-hmm. is by showing like, you know, what's occurred. So, and I think that's... um. I think that you know it, it's it's used to good effect in the sacrament. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's it's a really effective movie. Um, yeah, I agree. And then sometimes a movie it doesn't quite make sense and it doesn't quite work. Um, but the movie is still good, and I know that we're kind of a little different here. But I think like the taking of Deborah Logan is a good example of that, where you feel like okay, like why are you, why are you still filming this? Mm-hmm. But it still like is an effective enough movie to me um, that it kind of make it, it not that it makes sense, but it's it's still enjoyable to watch. Um, it's not that it's not enjoyable to watch. It's just it's just very mid. <laughs> uh, it's very mid to me. Like it just it doesn't affect me as it affects you. It does, it's not a bad movie. I'm just not as big of, that big a fan of it. 
Yeah, that's it. And we talked about there's some really good stuff in it. I mean, we talked about this movie before, but like the Blair Witch remake makes absolutely no sense. Like why those people are still filming and is not even a good movie. So right, yeah, yeah, it's really bad. Um, So yeah, so there's there's some really good examples I think over I don't know the decades of movies that kind of get it right. Um, or do some things that are sort of interesting um that movie that you and i watched last year uh the dark and the wicked i think is what it's called Um, yeah 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 was really really well done Uh um and actually one of the better examples of using sound like ambient sound yeah as a big part of the you know the ambiance and the the kind of like intensity of the found Mm -hmm. footage aspect of it um, another movie that was actually on the list until we sort of talked about it a little bit and I took it off, um, even though I thought it was good, um, is The Medium from last mm-hmm. year, uh, which is a Thai horror movie about um, a woman becoming possessed by this evil spirit that they think is a good spirit at first, and then it turns out that it's not. Um, and it's a documentary crew, you know, doing a story about this family of mediums, basically. And so it makes sense that they're filming it. Um, but it's another one that's just it's it's really well done yeah um it's maybe a little too long but at the end of the day it still is like an enjoyable movie to watch absolutely yeah um so yeah so it's yeah the only other one i i've only watched in the past like couple months um but you told me about a long time ago was troll hunter oh yeah i really like and it's too it's too long as well um and like the plot to me kind of starts falling apart in the second half of the movie but um it's a really impressive movie um and it's a really unique in terms of the found footage genre to me by dealing with um you know a a different cultures myths in terms of found footage and i think the trolls look really damn good like overall and um i think it's just a really cool and unique concept um that is just really otherworldly and while it was too long and i was kind of drained by the end of it and kind of like you know the last 15 minutes i'm just like okay please be over um it's a really good movie um like uh visually and um uh, uh from a concept standpoint so i just wanted to mention that too because it's pretty good a couple others i'd like to mention just briefly uh-huh. um there's uh the banshee project oh yeah uh-huh. or the ba- banshee chapter chapter um yeah. uh-huh. which is kind of a montauk conspiracy i don't know like this it's one of those I don't know, like almost like Timothy Leary esque, like people have found some way to heighten their consciousness and like what's the consequence of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a pretty enjoyable movie. And it was free on Prime the last time I looked. Um, it's on Tubi now, but yeah. Not while everything's on Tubi. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed The Visit, um, even though I thought it had some issues. I thought it was pretty effective. The uh, Shyamalan movie from seven or eight years ago, where the kids go to visit their grandparents. Um, yeah 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 not like perfect but i still thought it was a pretty decent watch and I then thought there, i thought there was some creepy stuff with the grandparents particularly and a few things that were shot really well but um yeah i think it's another one of those De- deborah logan type things with me but it's um it's a it's a movie worth watching but yeah there's also a movie that's free everywhere at some point that i've never recommended to you to watch because I don't know that it hits the mark entirely, but it's super uncomfortable and a really good example of like 
an incredibly low budget movie still finding a way to be effective mm -hmm. um called be my cat a film for Anne. oh i watched it oh did you watch mm -hmm. it? yeah um i really there's a lot of stuff in that movie that makes me super uncomfortable especially when he's kind of like pretending to make this movie with these actresses and right um he's a little over the top like the unseen uh, mm -hmm. antagonist that's kind of behind the camera but you know so yeah yeah no and there was one other that um i thought had problems that i told you about in the past couple months what is it the the one where they're looking down the end of the tunnel and the thing starts following them. What the hell is butterfly that? kisses? Yeah, it's butterfly kisses. Yeah, that's I a good that, movie. Yeah, I thought that was good. It wasn't perfect. There had there was problems, but it was good. <laughs> Another one too that I know that you and I differ a little bit on is um, Korean horror movie found footage called Gong Jam Haunted Asylum, mm -hmm. um, which I really enjoy a lot of like the set pieces in, um, and it's these people who are trying to make a fortune by uh, having a web webcast like a. Um, I don't know what you call it. Like they're Twitch streaming basically inside this um this haunted asylum. But right. I I really enjoyed like parts of it and I thought there was some really effective stuff. Um I did have an... so uh, one of the questions I wanted to ask you was though we've only talked about a couple of found footage movies I think on the podcast before namely just Blair Witch I think in the last broadcast. Um had we not talked about them before, would these five still be your top five? Yeah, I would not have put those two on, I don't think. Okay. If we never talked about the last broadcast, I might have put it on there because I think it's a really important movie to talk about. Not only from the found footage perspective, but also from the mockumentary perspective. Mm -hmm. um, but the ending of last broadcast kind of... I, I really... I have a lot of appreciation for that movie and i really like it but at the same time i just i think that ending is enough where it like kind of pulls it away from being yeah. in a top five list yeah and i i should be a better host and and know what episode that was but um that would have been what um 98 um the, yeah that's horror films in 98 yeah so uh, roughly roughly a year ago yeah yeah um would have been yeah september so episode like 110 or something yeah or like 115 or somewhere around there yeah um the other the last thing i had to ask you was um japanese found footage it's really interesting to me that the japanese don't uh, i'm and i i wish i knew how to pronounce is it nur nu nu or nuri the curse or whatever <laughs> Uh, Nuru is something else entirely. It's Noi, <laughs> Noi Roy or no, Noi Roy. Roy. Okay, yeah, something like that. Uh, that's the only Noi. one that I've watched. Um, yeah. I think. Um, but why? Why do you think the Jap the the Japanese filmmakers haven't got as much in the found footage? Um, do you have any like thoughts on that? Uh, I mean, this is just me talking out my ass. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. But I wonder if it's just because Japanese horror is more focused on the restraint of building building the tension and building the the threat as mm -hmm. opposed to continuously like hitting you with things and a lot of found footage is about the jump scare or the thing i don't know i mean yeah, maybe just, I, it just feels like it would be a really interesting blend but 
see here's the thing slow burn found footage that's building atmosphere mm -hmm. some of the earliest found footage films are japanese films because you have the guinea pig series mm. um which has a lot of found footage in it and that's all like the most abysmal torture porn you'll ever see i mean sure absolutely like no reason for those movies to exist except to show someone be horribly mutilated uh. um so maybe that's maybe it's that too maybe there's such a bad distaste for what those movies represent i mean i don't know if they're even that popular over there anymore um they were always like kind of the dark corner of like tape trading sort of was the guinea pig series um because they were you know not outlawed but a lot of countries have banned them from being like shown or whatever so it was really difficult to get copies of them yeah. um so maybe it's that too i don't know okay I, was just I, I, I think they're just all more classically trained filmmakers in japan and even somebody who's kind of like an independent filmmaker like um like uh takashi um katano or beat beat takashi whatever um or like takashi Mike, um those two um i think they're still just in love with the idea of like filming you know because you can see their influences like kurosawa and um suzuki and um ozu and stuff like you can see that when you watch those movies so i think maybe they just feel like but you also have um vengeance is mine which is more or less mm -hmm. has a lot of like found footage elements to it and that's one where i mean that's pretty pretty graphic and pretty um you know it has pretty unsettling i don't know if you call it straight horror because it's more of like a thriller but there's definitely horror elements to it right so anyway um okay anything you wanted to mention i know we took a little longer but it's a to me it's a pretty big category so um but anything else you want to talk about with found footage yeah, i think we hit it all i mean i'm sure that i'll think of something at some point and i'll probably like reference it but um yeah it's one of those 124 one of, real quick episode 124 is where, uh, okay well, i was close you're close yeah. it's one of those things where i think that if you like found footage like just in general that you're a lot more forgiving of stuff that doesn't quite hit the mark and yeah. if you don't like found footage then it really needs to hit the mark completely uh for you to truly enjoy it so yeah, it's it's one of those genres that I feel like I watch all of them, no matter what. Like I think I'm. And well, they, I don't. I don't know they, what did it. I'm looking for a hit. It feels like you right. know. Well, like, they they completely fit your um, you know what you enjoy. I mean, they typically are like 85 to 95 minutes long. Yeah. They're immediate. You know, whatever. Like there's an immediate be a payoff to the movie it's not like you have to really digest anything because ultimately it's about them like slowly showing you whatever it is they want to show you mm -hmm. i wish i could remember there's one movie and i've been looking for the title of this movie because it's not necessarily found footage but it has found footage elements about a group of people going into siberia or somewhere on like the russian border of something to this place where there were people that were like taken prisoner from a town and experimented on and the place is haunted and that's like the end result is that it's like there's ghosts but they have cameras set up to try and capture paranormal things happening and it switches between being a 
traditional narrative movie to being found footage like back and forth from time to time and I, i've only seen it once and i enjoyed it and i wish i could remember what it was called and i have never been able to find it so i don't know yeah it's yeah i i've watched i've watched a few that take place in like around that area like you know the old russian blocks or russia itself and it's like i still can't figure out which one you were well it's not devil's pass and that takes place in russia yeah, that's the harlem movie Ronnie harlem movie right is that who did, did that movie i'm pretty sure yeah that's that's the one know. with the dyatlov pass yeah yeah yeah, the, yeah, uh-huh. yeah yeah and then there's the chernobyl diaries and there's another movie that has that, a title like the chernobyl that's what diaries. the american the, well two americans and like two like europeans like yeah exactly yeah, yeah. okay yeah there's a different one are you sure is it one called entity i asked you about I can't remember. I do remember you asking me about that, but I'm not exactly sure. Um, there is a found footage movie called Entity. Yeah, yeah. I looked it up that night that we talked about it a while back. Um, it, yeah. Uh, if anybody like you know knows um, and what he's talking about, I, I would be really interested to know. But there's oh no, it, it, you're right. It is that. It is that one. Okay. Yeah, that's it. Entity. Okay. Yeah. That's 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 got some effective stuff in it it's got some effective found footage elements to it but it's definitely like more of a traditional maybe i'll watch that tonight is that on somewhere for you well, i don't know who knows yeah. everything's oh. free for me somewhere except for right. all these movies this week of which only uh, one was free for me it's free on prime and tubi and voodoo and crackle and it's free everywhere um if you want to watch it Two of these movies were free for me, I guess. All right. So let's go ahead and jump in then. So let's number five on the list is 2011's Grave Encounters. It is directed by the Vicious Brothers. It stars Sean Rogerson, Ashley Grisco, Mackenzie Gray, and Juan Ridinger. It has a 67% from critics and a 49% from audiences on Rotten Tomatoes. You want to tell us a little bit about this one and why it ended up making your list? Uh, so definitely... Uh send up or parody almost of the ghost hunters um tv shows uh it's uh what's the one with zach baggins yeah um, it's it's exact baggins one yeah um go is that ghost encounters or anyway whatever whatever that one is yeah uh so it's a it's a spoof of those where there's this group of people that have come to this um abandoned asylum in ghost, ghost adventures yeah ghost adventures yeah this abandoned asylum in um, Maryland or whatever um, that use, was used for the late 1800s to like the mid 20th century to house uh, the mentally insane and people that um, families kind of wanted to hide away. So it's revealed pretty early on that these people are charlatans, that they kind of manufacture uh, creepy environments and creepy encounters in an effort to draw an audience uh, so their idea is that they're going to go into this place um, they're going to get a couple hours worth of footage um, try and make things seem like it might be more supernatural than it is and then leave uh, so they get there um, they even like bribe a gardener to pretend like he's seen a ghost around the place right so they go in they're locked in the place um 
which not everyone is pleased with the fact that they've been locked in, but they lock themselves in and they start to explore. And it's the general basic setup of any kind of like ghost hunting TV show where there's a guy who's kind of the tech guy that's sort of monitoring, you know, all the cameras. And then there's a guy who's the cameraman that's walking around. And then there's, you know, the token lady who's just kind of there to, she's like the assistant and then the charismatic, handsome guy that's the lead man. Then they have this this actor they bring in that they pretend is a psychic who's there to sort of like feel the energy in the air. Um, and then as in most, you know, bad ideas, things tend, things slowly start to go downhill. So it starts with hearing noises and things moving kind of like out of their line of sight, feeling cold spots and then doors slamming and then people getting touched. And then finally it really just like all devolves into becoming like a did you ever read the mark danislowski i think is how you say his last name house of leaves book yeah she had me leave that yeah read that yeah and it has the thing in it so in one of the central concepts of that book is this hidden film called the navidson um document which is about this house that's slowly expanding inside but not expanding externally and what's expanding inside are these empty hollow spaces that lead down into like unfathomable depths and it just kind of like repeats and it's things repeating over and over um so that's sort of what happens here where the the place moves on them and they get to what they think is an exit and it's not an exit anymore and then whatever's in the place starts to become much more aggressive so um, one guy gets taken pretty early like midway through the movie and then some people start to get pushed and bitten and scratched and the girl has things like carved in her body like while they sleep um and ultimately you know they all are dropped off one by one until the only one that's left is the guy that basically forced him into it which is the host of the show um and the one that was kind of like taunting the spirits and you know had all this bravado where he didn't feel like anything was going to happen and he ends up getting um lobotomized by the ghosts of the um the evil doctors that made all these people like go insane and die in this place um, so this is one of the more direct in terms of showing you things and it's not really common in um found footage horror to really directly show you a lot of like the horror that's there you know a lot of mm -hmm. times you get like brief glimpses or you have something like Blair Witch where you might not ever see anything. You know, it's all just implied or done off screen. Um, but here they show you ghosts. They show you like elements of the haunting. And it's actually really well done. Um, it's not, it gets a little goofy later on. And I think maybe, I don't want to say it's too long, but they might drag it out a little too much. Um, yeah. Because you know at a certain point that they're trapped and then, there's no escape for him and even after that you still have like 25 minutes of mm -hmm. the last like two or three people like slowly getting picked off uh, but i think it really does a good job of emulating those those ghost hunting tv shows sure um and is sort of campy towards the end in a, a little a few ways especially with the way they present like some of the spirits mm -hmm. um, but there's a really great scene in the last i don't know 10 minutes of the movie where the Zach Baggins dude or whatever has Lance Preston is his name um, has gone insane mm -hmm. 
and is just wandering these tunnels underneath the asylum and pounces on a rat and just like eats a rat Mm -hmm. um because he's like has no concept of time and he's just been in the dark for so long right um and then he's ends up getting taken and lobotomized by by the ghosts but um yeah it's it's an enjoyable movie yeah and also another movie where it sort of stops making sense why they're still filming things but they also have the conceit that they have cameras set up all over the asylum so some of the things that you see are from a static camera's point of view um and another one where it's like well we have to have a light and this is a light that we have or whatever so yeah and 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 lance is still there i mean the whole thing to some degree is like a massive expose and a joke on ghost hunting shows like that's 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 going on certainly in the first 30 minutes like nothing even paranormal happens in some ways it's acting as both like a um you know it's it's an it's initiating the uninitiated into how ghost hunting shows work um it's acting for those that do know about ghost hunting shows and have watched some uh what like you know the what's really going on with them which is how everything's staged um and but but it's showing you like those static cameras and how they set them up for like real real kind of ghost hunting shows um sure but so it does a really great job of establishing that for those that don't know about those shows and the and a, and a and a joke and something to laugh at kind of for those that do know about the shows so it works for like two different audiences um but i think that the thing that's genius about it is it becomes the thing that everybody wants to see in right. those ghost shows like that's what everybody wants the ghost shows to be is for zach baggins or for you know uh gran and jay and ghost hunters to like have this like trippy fucking adventure that like you know things are going to go crazy and it never does and then you're never like necessarily fulfilled and it creates i think this almost like addictive thing of like coming back um over and over again and this kind of fulfills that finally um for people that watch those kind of things but uh it's a fun movie i think it's the maybe one of the more watchable found footage movies to me sure. like that you can just throw on i mean i've probably thrown this on and i'll rewatch many horror movies over and over again it's basically just like the shining and the changeling i think um but uh this is one that i've probably like seen like 10 times now by this point like where i'll just throw it on in the background because i think it's fun it but even then it has effective jump scares i think it's pretty good at using sound especially distant sound at times um to kind of creep you out um yeah yeah it's so there's another movie that's not found footage but that i kind of feel like this is a spiritual successor to in some ways which is session nine Mm -hmm. um which does the same thing like uses like the sound and the echoing and the dilapidation of an abandoned asylum to kind of set the same set the same scenario although that's less supernatural and more psychological horror yeah um but still is a you know like there's there's something because i watch a lot of those abandoned um abandoned uh location explorers i don't know if you watch any of this yeah the urban explorer stuff yeah um there's like three or four other channels i subscribe to and i watch you know maybe like five or six videos a week but it always like gets you like watching you know just the emptiness of a place that used to be inhabited um and especially if your mind starts to 
you know i mean that's why those ghost hunter shows are effective is because sure. your mind will make up the story behind why um why these things are happening or you know sounds that you're hearing yep so but yeah it's um yeah. it's good yeah and then the last thing i really like that time distortion element um that you mentioned like it's it's something that's fairly you don't I, I guess I've seen it in other things, but I think it's something that's fairly like unique in the sense that it's like there's there's a different time in this place than there is outside, and um, and and then then it like you know, and they play with the times on the timestamps on what like the cameras and the phones sure. and like you know, um, and I, I just think that concept's like really cool that basically they just gotten sucked into like this other universe really, um, right. where time is just a different different conceptually, you know. Um, I think that's a really yeah. cool and it's one of the tricks that you can do in uh in found footage because you're you're not necessarily like putting forth a lot of expense or you know whatever you, you you can do things like that and a cheap way to you know to elicit a scare or elicit like discomfort in your audience um and i think that that's pretty cool like that they you know they do things like that and i think that's one of the things that makes it effective yeah no uh yeah, I don't know if it's perfect. You know, it's not a perfect horror movie, but it's um, like I said, for me, it's like one of the more fun horror movies. Um, um, yeah. Even though your, it has some effective stuff in it. Like. To your point, it's one of the more eminently watchable found footage movies. All right, so number four on your list, uh, 2010, um, Atrocious. It is directed by Fernando Barreda Luna. It stars Christian Valencia and clara moraleda so it has a 56 percent from critics and a 29 percent from audiences yeah on Ron tomatoes so you want to tell us a little bit about this one and um how it made your list is this the movie that i found i don't even know how i found it just randomly um maybe on netflix or something um or i may have bought it i don't know um I know anything about it before I watched it, and I was really impressed with it. So the conceit of the movie is that there's this brother and sister team who do urban legend exploration. Um, they have a YouTube channel or whatever, some video channel, and they kind of like debunk or bust or whatever these urban legends. And so they're forced to go to um, Sitges, which is this rural part of Spain. Um, for their Easter vacation um, by their parents. Uh, they're going to this old house that the mother used to live in when she was younger. It's like this manor house that's sort of like isolated away from town. Um, so they're super bored. So they decide to investigate local legend from Sitges and they find this legend from the 1940s of this girl uh, who had gone missing in the woods and will appear if you become lost in the woods to lead you, you know, back out to whatever civilization so they decide that even though it's not really like the most exciting urban legend they're going to explore it. um so it's them and their younger brother and their parents go to um, this house so they are wandering through there's this what is it like a hedge maze i guess but it's bigger than a hedge maze it's like a topiary garden that has a maze built into it maybe is mm -hmm. a better way to put mm -hmm. it um, that they find that their mother was like really intimately familiar with when she was younger. So they start exploring that. Um, so at one point they're exploring it with um, 
with her mother and um they kind of become lost um there's a point early on where they have a dog and the dog goes like missing like he disappears into the woods so they find the dog basically they're in the woods with the mother and they become lost and separated and then the brother finds the sister what is she tied up to like a pavilion i guess is what Uh it is um and she's all bloody and doesn't know what happened to her so they're wandering through and there's a lot of stuff in this which is done from like a night vision camera perspective um of them going through this like kind of maze of trees uh they find their dog is in a well and it's dead um so they manage to get out of the woods and back into the house and when they get in um this thing falls out of the uh fireplace um and it's their you find out that it's their nine-year-old brother who's been i guess like basically roasted like it's his corpse um and then there's someone starts to try and break down the front door with an axe so the brother hides the sister in this um, cupboard and he runs upstairs to hide and he's like attacked but then the thing leaves whatever the entity is and when he comes downstairs he finds that his sister there's just a trail of blood outside of the cupboard um oh the father is left in the interim like he's gone on some business or something Mm -hmm. so he goes downstairs he follows like this trail of blood and finds his sister's dead body and then goes downstairs and the camera jumps like and then it cuts back to police footage because that's how it's framed is that this was recovered footage by the Sitges police um and what you find out is that the mother had a schizophrenic break after she had her third child which was a daughter that was killed by her um, and she invented this persona. Um, fuck, I can't remember the. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. Like Angelica or something. Whatever. Um, and that it, they thought that it had gone away, that they had controlled it with like medicine and therapy, but that um, I guess being back in the house had re-triggered it and had driven her crazy again. And so she's the one that murdered her three children. Um, and then the husband who had come home and then she um it ends with one of my favorite tropes in any movie which is them showing her being interviewed in the asylum Mm -hmm. um after she had murdered her uh her daughter the years before and kind of identifying that she has developed this other persona that comes out and is this violent almost like matricidal um persona so one of the things i really like about this movie is that they do a good job i think of hiding the fact that it's the mother that's the one that's like responsible for the stuff until the end um and there's actually a really good scene where like again he's got the camera out because the camera's the thing that's allowing them to see because of the night vision and it all takes place over the course of what like five days i think or something like that it's not very long um so it's like the night evening into night into the morning which is and then that's where you know so it's her coming up behind the sun with an axe and like murdering him so you get to see it um the camera cuts out from his perspective and then he drops the camera and you see it from behind from the police footage so they do a good job of like kind of hiding that for a while um one of the more effective scenes in the movie i think um is when the nine-year-old brother's corpse like falls out of the Mm -hmm. um falls out of the 
a fireplace and then later they show you because when it happens you don't really get to see what it is it's just you see the other kids reactions to it but then later they show you the police footage which i think is also a really good Mm -hmm. uh framing device to show you like the police photographs and the police like you know videotaping what's going on to i guess like document um and you actually see like the charred corpse of the kid which is like horrifying the way that they do it it kind of looks like something out of like texas chainsaw or something um so a very simple movie there's not really a lot necessarily that happens like once the once they're in the woods and they're lost like that's when it becomes like super creepy yes and they're kind of building up the idea i always take it that they're building up the idea that you're supposed to think that maybe there is some sort of supernatural element at work oh absolutely um, that they become lost you know and sort of um are being haunted by yep and that's kind of it's the opposite of like that it's her leading them out it's, it's her leading them like further in yeah and attacking him it got me think, this is the first time i would seen it got me i didn't expect where it was going yeah so when you see it happen i mean it's it's shocking that it's her and then i think they do a good job in again through you know using the archival quote-unquote archival footage of her being interviewed and um things like showing like clippings and stuff to give you the like to let you know like why she did it or you know i guess sort of explain like why she murdered her children but um yeah i think it's really effective i think that it goes by pretty quick um and i don't know i guess i'm not surprised that it's 20 some percent because i can see why some people might not enjoy it because a large portion of the movie is definitely like oh my god oh my god oh my god (laughs) like through the trees and stuff right yeah and um yeah, my my only real complaint about it was for some I don't know what it was about this movie. It's like in one way it's really effective because it does feel like it's all very handheld like the entire time, but there was a shakiness to the movie being in first person that felt almost too real to where it hurt my eyes. Um I had never had that experience before, but um but um but it but it gave it a genuine genuineness that um uh, to me uh because of that uh yeah i can see where it's low because the uh, the only other like you know maybe minor complaint is there there at times there is a slight a slight cheapness to the way it looks yeah but um but i think it overcomes any of that um i mean i could make the same argument about some of the cgi and like grave encounters too so it's not like a thing where it's like i mean picking on this movie but it's like there, there's something about the film itself like um like where you think it's a lower budget movie maybe than what it is and maybe it is and if it is it's even more impressive because it really overcomes that i think with a really good slow burn story leading into just a balls to the wall fucking crazy like last like 25 minutes of this movie um that uh i think is yeah extremely well done um both um for for any movie but for a found footage movie i think it's uh in the way they do it is it's really well done uh so yeah i don't it's know also, i think it's a little too low <laughs> 29 but um but I, I can see where it's a little lower than the rest i mean to me it's obviously not a 29 percent. i'm just saying that i can see like i understand and i think also that like i think it's really ballsy to murder children like that mm-hmm. and not let any of them escape 
You know, I mean, there's like a. It's dark. And not even really be like super exploitive about it because you don't really like you mostly just see the aftermath. I mean, even when she attacks him with the axe, you don't see, Mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't show like graphically like him get murdered. You just see like, you know, the fact that he is dead later. And I think he's just a corpse under a sheet, if I'm not mistaken. Mm hmm. Um, and then showing like her headless corpse next to the stump and then the head like there's really good things they do with just using photographs to set the scene and kind of mm-hmm. explain things that I think is pretty pretty interesting yeah as we were actually, talking about it was we were talking about antlers a few weeks ago it's one of my like one of million complaints with that movie is that it doesn't have any guts when she has to kill that child at the end right um and I like look nobody wants like wants to see that but this is a damn horror movie and the the concept here is that you have a a crazy like you know child murdering mother it's like yeah uh, you have to do something um and yeah. I, yeah they go through with it and it's it's pretty fucking horrific yeah <laughs> so this is a movie i don't know that many people have seen mm-hmm. so it was something that i felt like i wanted to talk about and kind of put as a recommendation i think that um, if you enjoy found footage, I think you'll enjoy watching um, watching this movie. And then now we've spoiled, spoiled it everything for you, <laughs> right? So you'll be all right. <laughs> right. Um, all right. So oh, that's one thing I want to ask you when we get to the end of this. So uh, number three on your list is 2008's Lake Mungo. Um, it's directed by Joel Anderson. It stars Rosie Trainer, David Pledger, Martin Sharp, Talia Tucker. Has a 96% from critics and a 63% from audiences. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit about this one and uh, why it's on the list? So this is actually my favorite movie on this list. Um, yeah, I, I really. I, there, there's the idea that you can make the argument it's the best one, right? Like if you want yeah. to. Yeah. I think it's the most interesting, mm-hmm. but definitely the most slow burn mm-hmm. and probably the least horrific. Yeah. So the story is that there was um, a young girl in uh, who went on a vacation with, or went on a school trip with some friends, um, and ended up drowning and dying. Um, and her parents were like, parents and her brother were, you know, heartbroken by it. Um, but then soon after they started to have super, possibly supernatural things begin to happen in their house. Like they would, um, doors would open that were previously closed. They would feel like a presence. Um, eventually they started the brother who was into photography um started to try and capture uh video at night and they would see like shadowy figures like moving in the background um and they took it to believe that it was a sign that you know their daughter was still with them like in this house so there's a lot of um a lot of echoes pardon me a lot of echoes of something like don't look now in this where it's more about like the grief of those left behind rather than the haunting of like a deceased loved one or whatever so there's a lot of things that examine like how the father deals with it how the mother deals with it and the mother she goes into uh what is he i guess like a psychic sort of that she looks answers for there's um photographs that are taken by the brother where it it looks like she's clearly 
in the photograph after she had died. Um, there's a photograph that's taken at Lake Mungo, which is the place where she drowned, where you can kind of see what looks like her um, figure in the background. It's all really well done, all like not overtly creepy in the sense of like traditional horror, but creepy in the sense of like kind of makes your skin crawl a little bit to see things like that. Mm hmm. And they sort of illustrated in the beginning because the movie opens with some really famous um, ghost photography from like the late 19th century, early 20th century. Um, really famous photographs of like where there's something in the background after it was developed mm -hmm. that's like a face or a hand or whatever. Um, anyway, so what it turns out is that the brother was sort of manufacturing these spirit occurrences in an effort to kind of help his parents move on um, and his mother to, you know, exhume her corpse to kind of like get some closure because she has no closure um, in essence in relation to her daughter dying. But when they do that, they find that there's an image captured on one of the films of a man in her room. And it turns out that it was one of their neighbors and the girl was having a, um, the girl's 16 when she dies was having a, um, relationship like a sexual relationship with both the man and the wife um so then the boy is exposed but then they actually start to have some real like supernatural things occur um and they find later like i guess a year later uh one of her friends that was on the trip with them has footage of her burying something at lake mungo so they go and they dig it up and it turns out that it's her um, her cell phone camera and on the camera is a video of her from that night like and it's a first person like you know old potato phone like no it's, i think it's like a nokia like brick mm -hmm, phone she has mm -hmm. um where it's filmed where she's walking and she comes upon a figure like approaching her in the distance and as that figure gets closer it's her bloated corpse that was pulled out of the lake um early on in the movie which is one of the things like the father went to identify the corpse but the mother refused to look at it so you see like you know that it's her her bloated corpse done to a voiceover of her being interviewed by the psychic where she's talking about how um she feels like something bad has happened but it just hasn't reached her yet um so she's kind of like it's a premonition of her death like by seeing her doppelganger here um and then <clears throat> the movie so they talk about how like nobody really knew her and she had all these secrets interviews with like her friends and her boyfriend and um there's a video that they find when the boy was on like a vacation with the guy that's like his photography mentor of like a figure standing over their bed and then they do this really awesome thing where they weave together the interviews of the mother and the daughter separately with the psychic because you find out that the daughter had visited the psychic as well um, where they're basically experiencing the same dream from the same time the same dream from like two really disparate times um, and it's that thing that kind of like helps the mother get closure and they're able to finally sell the house and move away and then one of my favorite fucking endings like ever in any movie is they show you the photographs that they've been showing you the whole movie and move the camera into certain places where you see that the entire time her spirit has been with them like in all these photographs where she's like where before when they showed them to you they kind of were i guess like using whatever like making your eye focus on one area 
but that her figure was in the background of all these other things. And then I don't know if you watched through the entire credits, but the end of the movie is her um, on the like her like spirit on the shores of Lake Mungo, like illuminated by the lightning. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, but it's a really it's a really sad and solemn kind of meditation on loss and grieving and the acceptance of the fact that you may never know like why someone passed away or why someone's out of your life um how a parent deals with the loss of a child how a sibling deals with the loss of you know a sibling i guess whatever the stupid way to say it um it's also got to me this the whole thing with the the couple having the you know the sexual relationship with her calls into question like i don't know the idea of like a child like hiding you know this terrible secret this thing that's like dragging them down from their friends and family because they don't know how to how to say it like how to express themselves so there's a lot that happens in this movie that i think is fantastic and it's creepy and it's got a really good like supernatural vibe without ever being an overwrought ghost movie yeah well it's, a, it's the thing is it's, it's a it's almost like a ghost movie as opposed to like a supernatural movie right like a more of a traditional like uh jamesian like ghost tale or something yeah that's a good, well i mean that's a really good way to put it because ultimately um ultimately you know it's the the moment of horror is the idea that it happened before the movie even started which was her meeting her doppelganger which isn't it's a really interesting concept to do it that way where she's the thing that's haunting the movie for the like the entire time but the actual like horror event which was you know her having the premonition of her death happened before like you even saw like before the movie even started so it's not even like even though it's creepy when you see it it's not like a jump scare or horror because it's not happening in the moment right which i think is um right i think it's pretty brilliant uh filmmaking so i think it's got really good performances i think all the principal characters are really likable um i think that what you learn about her as a person from um you know just video of her and footage of her from the past and people reading out of her diary i think that stuff is done really well mm-hmm. um i don't know i just think it's i, I think it's a really brilliant movie it's a, like a less it's like a less stylized laura palmer almost like right that's a really good way to put it um and in a lot of ways like maybe not more horrific but it's so it's such mundane horror that yeah. you know because it's not like they murdered her you know this right. family like yeah. it's you know, they molested this child but even they like it's even categorized by the parents and the police as a consensual relationship uh-huh. um and I don't know what the laws of consent are in Australia, but yeah, but uh, but but it's like, yeah, it's 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 such an interesting movie. I mean, this is one that it in some way it's so it's so well paced that it is very rewatchable um, because it feels like it goes by pretty quickly to me. Like uh, I can't remember. I think it's only like ninety five minutes, but um, but it feels like it goes by extremely quickly. Although it's not like a rewatchable movie necessarily in the sense that it's a joy to watch, um, because as it's, you... right, it's hard. It's 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 a sad movie. Yeah, it's just, you just feel this kind of like just down, 
downhearted like morose kind of feeling like as you're watching it um even though it's good because you're just watching like this grief laid bare um among the twists and turns of like this tale like uh, you know it's like these parents just can't like escape kind of um and none of them can escape this 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 girl's death um because there's so much going on but it's like I just think it's a really it's an achievement in the sense that it feels like a real documentary and I did read that Anderson had the um the actors improvise their dialogue um he would sit off screen and like interview them and ask questions and get their performances out of them so I'm assuming that's why um it feels so real is because it's the actual language almost that like these people are like developing for these characters and so it comes off as i think very raw and very real and um even outside of the ghost aspects of it uh, it's 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 a really powerful movie to watch uh because of those scenes um but it's like this documentary is the frame but it's like i always thought it was interesting that like the found footage stuff it's like like it's faked and then there's the horror of having to see your daughter in this relationship with the sex video. Right. And then there's the horror of the doppelganger stuff. And it's like, so there's like all these different horrors, like, you know, the, the, the kind of sp- whatever's going on with the son where like whatever he thinks he's doing. And then there's like the real horror, the real life, you know, horror of the neighbors. And then there's like the supernatural horror of the doppelganger. And it's like, right. they use found footage in so many different unique ways. It's, it's, a, it's a fascinating movie to watch. Yeah. And um, uh, I don't, I don't know if I, I don't, I can't rank things, but it's like, I could see people arguing this maybe being the best like found footage movie that maybe is out there in a lot of ways, depending yeah, on your taste. It's interesting. Cause it's definitely, it's one of my favorite horror movies of the past 20 years and definitely one of my favorite found footage horror movies. Um, but it's found footage in the sense of like, I don't, I don't know. Like it's, it's horror. Right. But I don't know if it's necessarily I don't know if it really is hard like i don't know it's spiritual psychological drama maybe or something like that i don't know um yeah fantastic movie yeah um I, I love it it was something that was bloody disgusting i think is the one that put it out um there are eight movies to die for maybe or something i think was the name of the mm-hmm. um releases so they put out this dvd these dvds and it was this it was um borderlands it was uh gravekeepers some of them that are really bad and some that are actually pretty decent and this is the best of all of them but um yeah this is one of those what is it uh because that borderlands movie or whatever it's called it's not that great oh i love that movie which is that no 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 no. i'm sorry i do not like borderlands i like frontiers hmm Frontiers is really good. Borderlands not that great. Um, Frontiers, okay. I think I had you watch Frontiers once, maybe. Okay. Anyway, so it was just during this kind of we we always talk about the past, I guess, ten years of being like the renaissance of horror, but this is the pre-renaissance of that. Like this is what I think led to stuff like It Follows and Babadook kind of reinvigorating people's fascination with horror and the mm-hmm. idea that horror could be artistic and worthwhile um and i think this movie definitely belongs in that conversation so yeah no agreed agreed um 
This horror is elevated. Yeah. Um, okay, so number two on your list. That's another fascinating thing I need to ask you about. So is uh, 2014's As Above, So Below. It is directed by John Eric Doddle. It has uh, Perita Weeks, Ben Feldman, Edwin Hodge, and Francois Seville. Uh, as the stars, it has a 27% from critics on Rotten Tomatoes and a 40% from audiences, which I did when I looked that up, shocked me. But yeah, that's um, pretty crazy. Everybody but, uh, I've talked to about this movie really enjoys it. Right. Stuff. It's fascinating. Or, or thinks it's so scary that, like, they don't want to watch it, which I think is uh, absolutely like a um, recommendation point. Yeah. Yeah. So, you want to tell us a little about this one and um, why it's so high? So, this is. If you combined, th- this is what like The Exorcist, um, whatever that terrible one from the early 2000s was, um, Beginnings, Exorcist Beginnings or whatever, and Nat- National Treasure like wished that they were this movie. Mm. Um, the premise is that there's this young woman who's a treasure hunter, um, archaeologist, kind of like a faux Indiana Jones, um, who's looking for something. Uh, that her father had been looking for and so she's in where she and i ran i guess and finds yeah. this giant like bull idol that's got this um, aramaic on it and so she makes it out and she goes and finds this guy that she used to date and she's like you know look i need your help um and it turns out that what she's looking for is the philosopher's stone and that her father had searched for it his entire life um and she's found like these clues now that lead her to um, believe that it's in Paris uh, so they her and her boyfriend and she has a um, I guess he's just like a documentarian he's a friend of hers um, Benji that's going along with her mm-hmm. to kind of film like what's happening so they find this guy um, Papillion um, who has a crew of spelunkers that knows the catacombs under Paris um, if you're unfamiliar uh, Paris has miles of catacombs underneath it that are made of the bones of people that were buried in graveyards in Paris. Um, and as the ground started to sink, they had to take, like basically zoom these graves and reinter these people in these catacombs. So the idea is that they found the secret area under the catacombs where <clears throat> she believes that there's going to lead them to the philosopher's stone. So pretty early on, they do a good job. So when she, when she finds the bull, she comes out and there's a person hanging in front of her that gives her pause. Um, but it doesn't really explain like what that is at that point. And then as they're going through Paris, they see um, you catch like these subtle glimpses of this woman, this like tall, thin, wide eyed woman that's kind of like staring at the camera and watching them. Um, so as they descend into the catacombs, it starts out pretty normal, like just um, they're going through these tunnels and, there's sort of some claustrophobia to it, but then they find this place where um, there's this walled off door that Papillion warns her away from saying that, you know, that's people, no one ever comes back that goes into that part of the catacombs and tries to move her um, in the direction of going through these, I don't know what you call it, like this, like rock slide of bone that's there that mm-hmm. they have to crawl through. So I am very uncomfortable with things in tight spaces in rock, like underground. Like it's 
something that really bothers me a lot. So they do a great job of kind of showing in the same way, sort of the, the descent did like showing this really claustrophobic, dark, uncomfortable um, environment. And when they're going through, they find this room where there's these half naked women like chanting. And then you see the woman from before, but she's like dressed differently, but still the same woman. Um, so there's like this dissonant chanting in the background. It's just really uncomfortable. So eventually they decide that they they go through the bone wall or whatever, and they're back in the original room. So instead of saying like, hey, this is like fucked up, we should leave. The woman's like, no, we got to keep going. Like this is, we, we have like, we're on the right trail. So they go through the room and they find this guy, um, I can't remember how you say it in French, but called the mole. La, la, la top i guess top the top French, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. so la top um that they thought had been dead for years and so they start like exploring more and they find a scene out of last crusade which is this um, knight that's like perfectly preserved that's been dead for hundreds of years um and it's again it's like a national treasure type thing where she's got like this book that's got a translated like text about um, what they have to do and they're following these different clues um and so finally uh Latop goes crazy and murders the one girl that's with him um, girlfriend, yeah. yeah papillion's girlfriend and then um they start to see things and hear things and there's these albino like creatures in there and they find a, a find a place that goes underwater that says abandon all hope ye who enter here which is the famous what is that um milton right that's from or no is it no. dante it's one of the it's two. dante it's dante the gates of hell have that above yeah. it yep um so they find that in this place that hasn't been like no one's been in for whatever 500 years um and they start to see things from their past so um the girl her translator who's her ex-boyfriend he sees his brother like drowning underneath them which is something that scarred him from his childhood and um, papillion sees a guy burning in a car which was his brother and he felt like it was his fault um so finally it's only uh the one explorer zed who's the third wheel of the explorer trio um the main girl and her boyfriend scarlet and um george and they're beset so they get to this place where they had originally um rappelled down into this kind of like long tube um and they jump through it and they survive and they find this thing that they can push on and it's a manhole cover and they basically like flip around and come out the other side um so the conceit is that they had traveled through hell mm -hmm. um and sort of come out in the end so number one again i find stuff underground to be really uncomfortable and um can be very creepy and very effective when done well and i think it's done perfectly here they make a lot out of building the tension through the dialogue and the interaction of the characters and in particular george and scarlet's interactions um, where you find out that at one point, like she kind of abandoned him in um, a Turkish prison. Okay. Uh, one one of my favorite lines of dialogue 
uh, is where he said, you left me in a Turkish prison. And she said, oh, it wasn't a Turkish prison. And he was like, well, I was in prison and it was in Turkey. I think it was a Turkish prison. <laughs> so... Yeah, Ben Phillips um, is really good in this, like, as being, like, a kind of, like, a everyman kind of, like, guy. Like, you know, he's 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 a real person. He has trauma. He's funny, though. Like, you know, I mean, it's, he, he comes off really well in this, yeah. I think. And I, I think they do a really good job of something that National Treasure kind of gets right, I think, but still falls short because it's too much of an action movie. And, you know, again, like, like that exorcist beginnings or whatever um gets wrong because it's too much of this morose just like plotting nonsense which is the idea of how much is too much in the quest for knowledge like how far can you go and what's what are you willing to sacrifice just to know the truth of something and can you ever really know the truth to begin with right and making her this capable and you know she's not a damsel in distress she's always in charge of the situation even when she probably shouldn't be character that is you know smart and knowledgeable and is driven and is driven like to basically risk the lives of everyone around her mm-hmm. only to know the truth of what the thing that her father died for and then you find out that her father killed himself um in pursuit of this thing and that's what the person hanging themselves was in the beginning that you saw was her basically like already you know like having these visions of her dad and still like pursuing on and i think it's um i don't know i think it's just a really well-developed group of characters that you come to understand and sort of like for the most part Mm -hmm. um none of them are assholes none of them are it's you know unlikable they the conceit again here is that they're filming because um it becomes their source of light at one point or whatever Mm -hmm. but it's just it's you know it 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 escalates well it's got some good jump scares and it doesn't overuse them Um, i think that it's one of the more interesting takes on kind of like the gates of hell type thing or you know like meddling around with things you shouldn't meddle with um, and it, it's one of the few found footage horror movies where it doesn't only leave one person alive or cause everyone to die through the end. I mean, like, you know, right. three people get out of it and her and her, her and George are two of the people that are left alive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's really well done. I, I really enjoy, I really enjoy the look of like the monsters that they use in it. Um, the ghouls, I guess, like underground. Um, I think that it's really brilliant kind of the way that it's filmed in the sense of capturing the claustrophobic nature of tight corridors and having to swim underwater underground, which is horrifying to me. Um, and it's just really, it's, it's watchable and it's fun. And I'm really surprised that it's got such a low rating from audiences because I honestly don't know what there is to dislike about it, maybe. I don't know. Well, let me let me just offer this. Maybe this is the latest movie on this list in terms of years, 2014. Um, Do you think that it's possible by this point that critics just see found footage and just immediately dismiss it potentially? Oh, sure. I mean, I'm never going to care about what critics like. Yeah, I mean that the audiences are 
weren't into it. Um, yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I'd be interested overall to see audience scores like over time. Like if I tracked them, like to see if they go down as well, and audiences have gotten sick of found footage potentially as well. But um, I, I don't know what they'd be seeing like necessarily. Like that that isn't like this to me like when i saw this when you like first told me about it like this was like one of those movies that i was like oh my god this is like one of the best horror movies it's like this and the invitation are like two of the best horror movies that like i've watched through when i watched basically everything during covid um you know the uh in terms of horror that's free um and more this is like right up there for me like i think it's like one of the most inventive movies in terms of genre genre bending that i've ever seen it's like taking like these fantasy elements but it's like putting them so like you said it has like this national treasure indiana jones type like elements to it but it's dirty and gritty and real underneath these catacombs and it's actually filmed in catacombs so of course it, like it actually is claustrophobic down there um it has these terrible like you know kind of like religious horror themes that are going yeah. on at times it has like what everybody loves nowadays like you know like this elevated horror stuff where it's like a lot of it's about trauma you know and the different traumas that right. all these people have been through and how they're being manipulated and as these people are like you know uh underground um you know trapped in hell essentially and um the filmmaking is good <laughs> yeah it's it's really well filmed and it does something that we talked about being really good in um grave encounters too which is it messes with your concept of reality and mm -hmm. your perception of spatial distancing and time right yeah like, like the fact that they're continuously going through these same rooms sort of over and over mm -hmm. and realizing that there's these subtle differences in both orientation of the room and whatever i mean it's it's, sure. it's pretty cool and then i can maybe see the whole thing where she's got to like run back and put the philosopher's stone back in place and then come back and there's some awesome shit in that though too visually. i think so too. And, yeah right I, I i think it's fantastic i'm just trying to yeah play devil's advocate a little bit to say like why shit i um, think i think the five minutes of that is better than the whole of the descent <laughs> i mean i'm not a big fan of that movie but it's like I think there's some good stuff in it. I know you. I know you love it. Um, not the descent too so much. Not the descent too. Crazy. No, no, fuck that movie. But um, but the descent I enjoy. Yeah, it's just kind of like that middling type stuff for me. But <laughs> um, but I love the shot of her like coming up out of the floor. Like you know, I mean, there there's so much good stuff like right. visually in that. Uh, the the best scene to me is Papillion's like you know when, when his death. Um, that sh that scene is fucking amazing with the burning car and yes. how how they film that like with like this kind of like weird ass like otherworldly sucking motion where it's like the whole scene including papillion just gets sucked into into nothing yes. into like you know dead space like you know um like a black hole almost like it yeah. it's fucking amazing also his his brother sitting there just like calmly regarding him mm -hmm. from inside like the middle of a burning volkswagen or whatever is yeah um, yeah, there's a lot of creepy shit in this, man. Yeah, there, there, there's a lot of stuff in here where it's very iconic is like a, a terrible word, but it's it's very um, oh man, I can't think of how I want to say it. It's 
it's something where the image stays with you. So, mm-hmm. like Benji being trapped by those bones, and off camera Scarlet trying to talk him down from having a panic attack, right? As the air is being crushed out of him by his own like thrashing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so. It's a static shot. They never cut back to show you anything else because, again, like, you know, you're seeing it from the camera's perspective. And it's so tense and, like, it kind of, like, pushes the wind out of your own lungs. Like, things like that. It's just, I don't know. I I think it's a very well-realized and interesting movie. And I really enjoy it. Like, I'm um, surprised that it's so little regarded because, I, to your point, I think it's one of the better movies you know, horror movies of the past, like, 20 or 30 years in terms of its effectiveness and the way it builds characters and everything. And maybe it is because it's found footage that people just don't respect it, but I think, I wonder if maybe 10, 20 years from now, like, there will be a re reassessment um, in the way that happens with a lot of movies, you know, especially horror movies where people go back and say, like, hey, maybe we were a little too hard on this movie. So, I don't know. I think it does pretty well in terms of its views on um I know that it was always getting recommended to me on Netflix even after I'd watched it as being like a like a top pick or whatever. So I don't know. Are you talking? Damn it, I mean myself when I was drinking water. Um Yeah, so Dottle is the guy that did poughkeepsie tapes um and uh he also did um quarantine um and the um and then he did devil um as well before this and um devil Devil is fine yeah that that will have some good stuff in it um but it's like all of them rated higher too oh that's crazy are you kidding me quarantine rated higher yeah, I'm positive it is. Quarantine is one of the worst fucking remakes of any movie uh-huh. ever. I hate that movie so much. Yeah, it's got 55% from critics. 56%. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. They probably never saw Wreck. Right. So, leading in the number one. Go watch um, As Above, So Below, though. Um, yeah, it's I, really I good. Think, I think most people will like it, um, honestly, but uh, the, that I know. But, um number one on your list is 2007's wreck it is directed by jama balagara and paca plaza and it stars manuela velasco um it has 90 percent from critics and an 82 percent from audiences so you want to tell us a little about this movie and why it topped your list so the conceit of this movie is that there's a um chilean i think they're film crew who does this segment called while you're sleeping or as you're as you're asleep where they follow things that happen at night and kind of like do a day in the life of people that work at night or events that happen at night so people that are awake you know during the day can see how the other half lives i suppose Mm -hmm. so they're on assignment at a firehouse um, so they get to meet these people um, this team of firefighters they're going to be working with and the idea is that like well if anything happens that they'll get to go on the ride along with them so it starts out pretty mundane where it's just this you know attractive perky newscaster and her kind of gruff cameraman um sort of interviewing firefighters and getting footage and stuff 
Uh, so they get a call and the call is for a person trapped in an apartment and the firefighters like don't get excited like there's nothing really like big here we're just going to support so they go and immediately they see the police are there and so that makes them a little suspicious because it's whatever and there's all these people assembled in the ground floor of this apartment building this old like ornate like spanish apartment building um and the police are automatically out on edge because there's a camera crew there and they don't want the camera crew there especially this one younger cop who wants them to stop filming so they go up to the apartment where the person's trapped and it's this old woman who's um disheveled and wearing a stained nightdress and looks like unhinged and she's kind of skittish and sort of like making grunting noises and then she goes fucking nuts and attacks one of the cops and rips his throat out and then everything just kind of goes to hell from there so when they try to leave the apartment um the authorities have cordoned it off and have blocked it and threatened to shoot them if they get too close to the windows so it's this older couple this um older man um a mother and her daughter who are kind of waiting for the father to come back that's now trapped outside um the camera crew the two uh, uh firefighters they're all trapped in this building so it really kind of has this it starts kind of like even though it starts really slow like it, it does these ebbs and flows of like escalation of attacks of what you think are zombies um ostensibly and it does the same zombie tropes really getting bitten causes you to get infected and they won't let them out because the government like you find out or it's in that the government knows and then that the asshole cop is there to control the situation from the inside and more people start to turn and there's some inherent racism that happens with this japanese family um who start getting blamed because they're you know cooking chickens and making unholy noises and whatever um but eventually everybody in the apartment building starts getting turned by getting bitten to the point where the only people that are left are the cameraman um, pablo and the reporter and they end up getting chased by the zombies into this room this attic room that was supposedly uninhabited that's got covered all over the walls like these news clippings of this possession case um from years before where this girl was supposedly possessed and the Catholic church had taken it over. And what you find out through, um, she plays this tape recording that she finds that there was this, I guess, priest slash scientist Mm -hmm. that was sort of designated to try and cure this girl. Um, and it turned out that she couldn't be cured and he had recommended like terminating her before. Um, and finally the Catholic you know i guess the church had given him permission and so she's in this place um so you find out that the zombie apocalypse basically is never really said specifically to be religious in nature but possibly religious in nature and possibly a result of possession right and that the girl is still in the house in the apartment and very much alive um and in the attic so then it turns into super tense where you know they only have their camera like light to look at and she can't see but she can hear them so it's kind of almost a 
uh, what's that fucking a quiet place type thing where they have mm-hmm. to be like really quiet and stay away from um letting her hear them and finally like she gets them and they die but it does a really good job of number one being a zombie movie at heart and then changing it into something else without devaluing the tension that it created by making you think it was a zombie movie Mm -hmm. and it also does i think a pretty amazing job of again this is something i think all these movies do for the most part of building really good kind of likable characters in terms of um both uh i can't remember what her name is in the movie um angela yeah angela and uh pablo or whatever um and the idea that the reason that they keep filming is because there's people that are trapped in this building by the government that won't tell them anything and her Mm -hmm. point is that the only way that anyone's ever going to know this happened is if we document it like we have to keep documenting these things are happening to us um which i think is like a, a really brilliant way to like make it feel real that they would actually have to keep using the camera mm-hmm. um, especially because they have this internal threat from the one police officer that's not honest with them in the beginning um you know who's like there to control them and make sure that like nobody gets out of the building which i think is also um really well done um it's really well, well filmed there's some incredibly tense moments especially with um the low lighting and the people in the apartments um mm-hmm. who are infected uh, i love the way that the infected people look i think that it's the makeup effects are really great um it's got a very almost like hyper realized night of the living dead look to it the way they do the zombies which i really enjoy um i think that it moves at like a super fast pace even though it 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 builds tension um it doesn't dwell too much on anything and it kind of just lets the movie play out and yeah it's like a wave like it's like you know it's like you know you get this like these minutes of like just high tension and then suddenly it kind of dips back down again it slows down to build rebuilds that tension a little bit again then it goes up high and goes down low and it's um it's pretty it's pretty brilliant in terms of its pacing that way and giving them the idea that these people actually have some hope that they're going to get out and then it takes it away and then oh well here's this other hope and then it takes it away um and then finally you know one of i think to me one of the most memorable scenes in any found footage is her crawling towards the camera blind and getting dragged away from the camera yes um so really great filmmaking um that's really that stairwell scene too is one of the most energetic just when they're traveling up the stairs and fighting things off um early on in the movie and then it's like them like and then going up the stairs again and breaking into the apartment towards the end all that stuff is just so well filmed like i mean you feel like you're really there and you feel like that energy is real of like yeah. all of that happening like i think it is one of the best it's the best i think for me action sequences inside of like a found footage horror movie like this like um 
it's interesting you say that because it's also one of the things that really good found footage does well which is maximum use of minimal space right so Mm -hmm. you're not you don't have like a large set you don't have a large budget but you're using the small space and set you have to create real tension and real emotion you know in and a believable setting right and definitely you know this old apartment building is like a believable setting and they do a good job especially because they spend so much time in the beginning and it it might feel like too much time maybe but they spend so much time in the beginning beginning setting up the idea that these are real people that this is something that they do in the show and you know they're recognized by the firefighters who want to be a part of it so it makes it a lot more believable so when the terrible things start to happen you actually kind of feel something for the fact that they're having to deal with you know this fucking like awful unimaginable situation so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah um so there's a sequel to this that's good and then a third movie that's not so not good, good. Yeah. um and then the quarantine movies which are not good right um those are the american remakes yeah yeah uh, but definitely wreck is yeah really worth watching and and you can watch it alone and never have to watch any of the sequels or anything like that it, it works as a standalone um i think um but uh but yeah definitely definitely if like you know the all of these movies and i think especially those especially those last three, even if you're not necessarily a fan of the genre. Um, I think all those three for different reasons are all worth checking out to see what you think. Um, if you haven't seen them, Wreck, As Above, So Below, and Like Mungo, I think are all really just excellent movies, um, regardless of their genre. Here's something else that I would, um, I would say about about wreck that i think is really interesting is it does a really good job tackling the idea of xenophobia without beating you over the head with it yes and a big part of that is the idea that they're more than willing to all believe that it's the sick father of the japanese family that they don't even like recognize as japanese they just call them like asian and make like ching chong like jokes or whatever um but won't believe that it might be like you know the sick daughter of the mother or Mm -hmm. um the old woman that was sick upstairs who's dead now like they just immediately blame it on the you know the asian family um and i know there's a lot of inherent xenophobia in like some european countries um just because of like immigration you know from Mm -hmm the middle east and whatever but i don't know it's 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 so good at like creating like showing those points without beating over the head with it which i think is super important so yeah um i really love this movie um i've seen it maybe like four or five times uh the ending always gets me i think the ending is so brilliantly done especially with the introduction of the religious symbology without like again like beating you over the head mm-hmm. but like oh my god it's a religious movie it's another thing that as above so below does really well too mm-hmm. which is incorporates all that stuff but 
from almost like a scholarly perspective as opposed to a you know religious perspective or whatever yeah there's nothing yeah it's like yeah you're right scholarly because uh yeah it feels like it's a much more uh dealing with um like you said dante than it is necessarily dealing with like anything biblical in any way um it's like this kind of more objective take on hell i think as opposed to a religious one um yeah it's kind of secular in the way it imagines it uh, what I found really interesting, like, and I don't, I didn't even think about this until maybe you did um, as you created the list. So I'll ask you um, how, how much this spans the globe in some ways, um, this list. I mean, you have two movies that are Spanish, but um, on here, but it's like, you know, as above slow, so below American production, but filmed in a lot in France. Um uh, Lake Mungo, Australian, Grave Encounters kind of is emulating like a lot of American stuff, but it is Canadian. Um, they all take place within seven years, and then each subgenre of or like co genre maybe of the movie is slightly different in the sense of like evil supernatural ghosts, just kind of traditional, like, like. 19th century ghosts um a crazy you know human who's lost their mind zombie this like weird fantasy religious spiritual type thing um it really kind of just is like just like grabbing like you know and i think it shows even if you didn't plan that i think it shows that there's there's these subgenres, co-genres that like anything can be good in this genre if it's done right yeah agreed um so did you plan that kind of when you were doing it or i mean will you be impressed if i say yes because i didn't i just kind of whenever i make these lists i try and think what do i want to talk about and what will be interesting to talk about and maybe what are people less familiar with i guess maybe mm-hmm. then so i think it's just happenstance that it, it worked like that but i also you know i mean i i left some stuff out that i probably would have put on otherwise mm-hmm. um not only stuff that we talked about before but also just i don't know i mean we talked about stuff in the beginning um but that i feel aren't maybe not as there's not as much to say about them and that's one of the things with found footage is that so I like the Bay. Did you ever watch the Bay, the Barry Levinson found footage? Yeah, I, movie? I did. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that movie, but I don't right. know how much there is to say about that movie because it's really just—I don't know—Parasite or Piranha or whatever. Like, there's so many other movies that are very similar to it. Sure. And there's not really much to say about it, you know. I mean, I think there's interesting things about all five of these movies. Mm-hmm um the way that they're filmed the way that they approach found footage i think they're all very unique in their perspective of found footage and i think that's one of the most i think it's something that people overlook in the genre because they feel like well it's all just going to be blair witch or whatever and it's not all like that you know like i think there's a lot of different like nuance that can happen in the found footage like using it as a technique um that i think is worth talking about so i don't know so that's kind of what i was thinking when i put the list together is like okay so 
Lake Mungo is more of like a mockumentary than a found footage. And, you know, you've got like the action-ishness of something like As Above, So Below and mm-hmm. the zombie of Wreck and then the kind of like slow burn build of atrocious and you know i mean yeah and the and the comedy i think to some degree of grave encounters because I, I i think that movie's underappreciated for some of its comedy honestly but yeah there's definitely some funny shit yeah even when even the horror of them being trapped there's stuff that's really comedic there the way they interact that i think they're working off the tropes of the genre when they do it like some of the dialogue is referencing that so um yeah i just thought it was it was a really enjoyable list to rewatch these movies atrocious i hadn't watched before but um but uh yeah and even what's interesting too is a lot of the movies that you mentioned um beforehand or that was talked about like they they fall in that range too of that 07 to 14 and i guess that's just maybe it took people roughly 10 years to start like really kind of like doing different things um and I guess technology maybe plays into that too, do you think? Is like just having, you know, easier access, like kind of like the thing that happened with paranormal activity is just people, you know, anybody, you know, this guy can just sit there and film this shit on whatever he filmed it on, like an iPhone or something like that, basically. Yeah. And um, because it becomes even cheaper to produce. And so you can do more people can do more inventive things, maybe. I mean, but I mean, what's his name? does that too in a lot of ways and i don't know if it's it's not really found footage but it's like cinema verite and it's definitely the way he films um the guy that did florida project and red rocket mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. tangerine you know it's technology has definitely put into more people's hands the ability to express themselves in a creative way and i think that found footage is a way that someone who wants to make horror can like show um show their ideas and not necessarily have to invest like a lot of money or even have like an overwhelming amount of talent as long as they have a good idea for it so i don't know all right um well yeah i got a couple other ideas just talking about these movies tonight to possibly do it someday but um yeah uh, enjoyable list to watch and uh we will be back at the end of this month with um the final wrap-up to uh the 1970s horror films that we that frank's been covering for, uh this year uh with the year of 1979 and we'll uh at that point after the end of this month we will have uh the 70s 80s and 90s um completed and be moving on to um the current century um in 2023 so thanks for listening everybody and um happy halloween juices thank you